there is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution, it's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to this space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer-songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Make sure you visit the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist. See if you are on there. If you're listed, your music should be, especially if you've had a show on the Dharmic Evolution. That's the requirement. We've got over 100 songs and still building. Check it out. And if you have a song that you think should be on there and it is not, reach out to me, James, at dharmicevolution.com and we'll get you listed on there. Well, we're off to New Zealand today. What do you think? We're going to hang out with this globe-trotting, multi-instrumentalist, indie folk musician with over a dozen albums under her belt. Having cured her own anxiety, including stage fright, through a combination of her day job as a mindset, she also hopes to inspire others to release their scorpion energy, confronting their fears and regularly shedding skins. Her music is meditative yet motivational, with not only a classic singer-songwriter style, but elements of neo-folk, indie rock, and Americana. Born in Italy, now based in Scotland and New Zealand, her music revolves around themes of life's sufferings, hope, and transformation. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride. No, we're taking a ship all the way out to New Zealand from Nashville, Tennessee to visit with Alyssa Volpez. It is so good to be in New Zealand. Alyssa, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Oh, yes, it is good to be in New Zealand. <laughs> Thank you. I tell you, I always go on and map everything out, and I started looking at like where you live and some of the towns and everything. So, I want to ask you first off, like you were you were born in Italy, and then you spend time in Scotland and New Zealand. How does that work for you? It couldn't be further away on the globe, <laughs> you know, in, in two diametrically opposite places. Uh, so, so you're in New Zealand now. Is that home for now, or do you go back and forth, or what's the thing? Well, I, ideally, I would love to go back and forth, but it's uh, tricky at the moment. Um, eventually, I'd like to be able to go back every year, but, you know, it's uh, something that is in the works. But, yeah, I lived in New Zealand before. Um, when I was in my 20s, I, I lived here for uh, 12 years on, on and off. Um, I also lived in Ireland. Um, and uh, But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the... The places where I live the most, uh, Scotland, uh, New Zealand, and Italy, like one third, one third, one third. So it's like I am, I've got three different kind of homes, if you like. Uh, at the moment, though, this is definitely home. Um, and it's basically the way I see it is that uh, home is not necessarily a country for me, but it's basically wherever I am that's going to be home. Yeah, your home is where you are. 
You know, this explains a lot to me about your accent because, um, you know, I checked out some of your videos and everything and I couldn't like nail it down. I like, like, where is she from? And then I said, oh, this explains it because I heard the Italian in there, which I love, you know, uh, who doesn't love to hear someone speaking Italian, right? Um, but then you have the, you know, the Scottish and everything going on. So uh, very, very cool. And it, it's also a reflection in your music, of course. Um, you're perhaps the most eclectic uh, artist I've ever had on. So uh, kudos to you for that. Uh, do you want to talk about how that all started for you? Um, you know, how did you get to be the artist you are today? Like rolling back, you know, growing up in Italy, I'm assuming that was, was home first. And uh, can you tell us what you were attracted to first that got you on, on your way? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I am pretty eclectic in my life uh, in general. And yes, when I, uh, when I was in Italy, when I was a kid, I was very much, my influences were very much the um, singer-songwriters, the troubadours of uh, the population in Italy, you know, from the 70s and uh from the 60s 70s and and that you know it was very much focused on storytelling uh it was very much melodic music um and then from there i fell in love with celtic uh folk music uh and also you know traditional um irish and scottish and english music uh, but also really interested in the revival the folk revival of the 70s in the uk that really um was beautiful you know for me I, if i had been born uh you know in, in the right decade i probably would have that would have been my go-to but then after that i got introduced um to also different kind of music like electronic music i was um in my first marriage i was married to an american a dj guy who introduced me to really weird stuff and i was like Oh my God! There's so much out there that's that I don't know. And so I really got into experimental um, music. So I've got some albums that are very experimental and and weird. And then <laughs> from then, you know, I started thinking, okay, well, I don't really want to be. Um, I'm not really a folk musician, and maybe more, I was quite dark in my twenties, quite an unhappy kid, you know. And I uh, I ended up doing music that I called new folk. Or, or now new as in N U R N E U or like folk noir, but it was quite gothy, uh, quite dark. And then after that, I thought I kind of you know matured a little and moved a bit away from the heartbreak and the darkness and my own you know all my inner demons and uh, and started moving towards comedy because it's like actually what's the next step you know it's like you either cry or you laugh about all your flows and all the things that go wrong in the world <laughs> and so i got into comedy stuff and now i'm kind of getting into uh, another phase where it's like i've discovered the piano and i'm really falling in love with the piano and i am starting to write a lot of instrumentals with the piano that kind of remind me of a bit of um and I remember this guy, he's like a really famous composer uh, that wrote um, the music for Amélie. I don't know if, you, if you're aware of him. But yeah, it's like I'm very influenced by sort of that French uh, instrumental piano music and, and, and the classic Chopin and all that, you know. So it's, it's all over the place. <laughs> so, so let me ask you about like when you were introduced to the crazy music when, you know, your previous relationship, was that sort of like electronic stuff or what? Oh, okay. So... So that just didn't really jive with you. 
Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. Like you know, I've got a, um, I've got uh, an album um, with a, a guy um, with another guy. It's like a collaboration album uh, called We Go Under the Name Nuke, and those albums are very experimental. Yeah. Um, also, my previous uh, band, which really was just me, called The Moon Whispers, uh, the second album from that band that was very experimental. Uh, but it was more electroacoustic, more like, whereas Nuke is more electronic. And then there's albums that like I haven't actually released, uh, but they exist, and they haven't really released them because um, I just they're just never good enough. <laughs> so like one day maybe, and they are very much electronic. So I think yeah, I think at some point a side project would definitely be uh, this electronic kind of incarnation. But at the moment, just not yet, because I'm not quite um, experienced enough with the production element there. I'm much more, um, you know, I'm good at arranging acoustic stuff, you know, like folky or cabaret music. But when it comes to electronic, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, I, I really think it's amazing that you reached for comedy after that. And uh you know, I myself am a big fan of comedy, and I think it's so healthy for the spirit, too. You know, because we take ourselves too seriously sometimes, and, you know, life is very can be very funny, you know. And uh, I think a lot of artistic value comes out of that, you know, like, like writing comedy or doing skits or whatever. And, uh, you know, when you have that going on, I think it, f- it fuels other things that you're doing artistically, you know. And- yeah. And I checked some of your videos out, and they're really hysterical. I mean, you know, I was before you came on. I was going through a lot of your things, and uh, I was having a really good laugh on on some of the things you're doing. Um, so I don't want to keep everybody in suspense. So let's start off. I want to play the first track for everybody, and this one is called "Attrazione." Did I say it right? It's "Attrazione." Attrazione. That's right. That's the, the pure <laughs> Italian way. Here it is, folks. baciarti o forse no forse avrà dovuto non pensarci o forse so che sarebbe stato troppo strano è sempre meglio andare piano e se fra noi c'è un'attrazione dobbiamo usare la ragione Diventare prima amici Perché tutto quello che dici Mi ha fatto rendere conto Che non sei ancora pronto Istante che ci è sfuggito, perché non è tutto già finito. 
That was just a fantastic groove. I loved what you were doing with that whole thing. Really, really great. Um, loved the harp playing, and I loved the fact that you did it in Italian, which was so cool. Um, so where did the inspiration come for this? Like, did, it, did, did you just start laying down some tracks and then, and then put it together sort of on the fly organically, or did you, did you have a preconceived notion of how this song was going to come out? Okay, we can, we, can, we can pick up right where we are. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So I wrote the song when I um, spent a month in Italy during the summer. And, um, and I basically met a friend of a friend uh, with whom there was this kind of uh, uh, attraction, like an easy attraction, like nothing super intense. Um, but um, a place where I thought, actually, I don't really have to do anything about this. I can just enjoy the fact that there is this thing and I don't have, it doesn't have to go anywhere. And so the song I, I was about that, you know, I thought I want to write a song about this and I want it to be a bit bluesy because I like the bluesy vibe. And um, and so I wrote the lyrics and the guitar. And then when I went back to Scotland, I, I thought actually, you know, an harmonica would be fantastic. So I asked one of my friends to put the harmonica on the track. Yeah, it came out great. I mean, I love the way there's a lot of separation of um, just like EQ and sounds and everything was put in the right place. It was so well thought out uh, as far as getting the whole canvas, like it's not saturated in any one area and you can really hear the story, which is great, you know, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a really great effort. I love the, I love the title. And um, as I said, just you know, singing in, in Italian was, was really beautiful. I was trying to catch little glimpses of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very bad on my Italian. I have to catch up. <laughs> That's all right. So it, the title is Attrazione Facile, which means easy attraction. Yeah, very nice. Um, you know, born in Italy and the fact that you have all these influences now, I find it like really... Um, it's such a rich history. Like, I mean, you know, you were talking earlier about um, you started getting interested in Celtic. Were you in Italy when that was happening to you, or you had you gone to Scotland um, before when you started to pick up? I got to Scotland 
Yes, I, I got to Scotland um, when I got interested in the Celtic connection, but also um, it was in Scotland when, weirdly enough, I got introduced to uh, psychedelic folk from the 70s from an Italian compatriot who was really into weird music and she was like oh have you heard this band have you heard this band i was like no she was like this is very rare you know you can only find them in scotland in some specific music shops where they still have the records and in fact to this day you know if you try and find uh the incredible string band which was one of them of these bands or the trees impossible to find i mean maybe the incredible string band you can still find it somewhere but the trees very difficult to find and so she introduced me to this stuff when i was there um but to be clear, like I went back and forth, back and forth um, to Scotland. It, it wasn't just, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, I lived there for 10 years straight. But the first time I went to Scotland, I was 18. And I only stayed there for about six months. And that's when I found all this music. Then I moved to New Zealand. It's very complicated. I could write a book about it, about all my back and forth, back and forth. I'd love to read it. I, I find that fascinating. So tell me, what did you love about Scotland when you were there? Like, what was the most appealing thing? Because most people, like, you know, I, you know, I've had people on that they go from Italy to London or to maybe Ireland, but Scotland's sort of like not on the, the regular path that most people would go. So was there something alluring? Did you know somebody there? Or was there something about the culture that, that you know, just you found enchanting? Or what was the, the reason that you ended up there? Well, the first time I went there when I was, like I said, when I was 18, and it was like on a interrail trip, which basically was this, at the time, you could go around Europe uh, with a train, and I just jumped on a train. You, you pay for like a month, and you could go wherever you wanted. And I just went all over the place, you know, and Scotland, was the last country that I went to and I fell in love with the architecture like yeah. the architecture of Edinburgh was just so gothic and so old-fashioned it was beautiful and I thought oh my god this place is amazing and at the time I actually uh, applied to the university there to study Celtic studies and to study Gaelic because I was really interested in this language that is so old you know it's one of the oldest languages in the world and uh, and then I got accepted, and I was going to go to university there, and everything, you know. But then, you know, um, life happened, and I met someone, and oh my God, I <laughs> just catapulted to New Zealand, to um, where I spent a lot of time, and it took me years and years and years to go back to Scotland. Now, but I always had this feeling of like, oh, I want to go back, I want to go back. There's something that isn't finished, you know. I should go back to Edinburgh, and then it only happened like. 15 years later that I basically um, what, what happened is I, I was engaged to someone in New Zealand we went for an overseas trip because I wanted to show him like where I was from and my you know uh, my family and my ancestors and all of that but then when I went to Italy uh, something happened um, which in the end, you know, it was kind of my shot, one shot of fame, which in the end, you know, didn't kind of go anywhere. But at the time, it seemed like it was going to go somewhere. Basically, I met um, someone, um, I don't know if you know much about uh, Italian music in the 60s, but there was a, a guy called uh, Mogol who wrote uh, all the lyrics for a very famous, um, you know, for a guy called Battisti, who was very famous at the time. He, he was like a big star. And the wife of this guy somehow got, um, you know, got hold of one of my songs. 
I really liked it. And basically, uh, she wanted to, she wanted me to go to San Remo, which is like this huge festival uh, that's on TV. And uh, she wanted me to like go with this song, but then basically didn't go anywhere because she asked me to collaborate with a producer that was not on my same wavelength. And uh, they basically wanted me to be someone else, you know, and I was like, I can't, I, I can't do this. You know, I'm just not this person that you want me to transform it into like yeah. you like me but you want me to be totally different so i thought nah i can't i, I don't want to do this and as a result of this the person i was with you know basically um you know there were other elements but basically we broke up and the guy i went back to the uh, new zealand and i was kind of stranded in italy with nothing you know and i thought what am i gonna do and i thought oh maybe this is the time to go back to scotland yeah. so that's how i ended up back in scotland because i didn't really have, have anywhere else to go I, I basically took a piece of paper and divided it you know i wrote down like the cities where i might relocate and one was like copenhagen because i really like copenhagen and one was like uh barcelona uh, and uh, another one was edinburgh and uh, another one was berlin and then i kind of went pro and cons you know what do i need what do i like and i was like well it needs need to be able to speak the language or at least yeah like get by get a job you know the music scene needs to be good the art scene needs to be good the architecture needs to be good because i've got a thing about architecture like i need to live in a place that looks good and so i was like well and they need to be friendly right and i'm like okay so scotland was the one that came up on top the only thing being that the weather was terrible and the food not so good either. But I was like, well, it's got everything else, so I'm going to have to yeah. suck it up and go. <laughs> so tell me about um, going back to New Zealand for a moment. What about the food, the architecture? I mean, the, the photographs are just insanely gorgeous of New Zealand, you know. And um, how about the culture and the artist scene? How is it there for people who, like myself, uh, have never been there, um, but and I haven't heard a whole lot about, you know, the music scene there or the artistic scene, if you will. Yeah, it's different. I mean, it, for, for sure, and Scotland is more vibrant. There's more going on. It's a bigger country. Um, the especially, you know, if you go to Glasgow, Glasgow is a huge place for music. Um, but so where I am in Wellington, it's the capital, but it's not as big as Auckland. And um, in terms of, you know, architecture, well, it's quirky, it's different. It's more like um, American kind of style yeah. in terms of like, you know, all the houses are houses, but they're very big, you know, very spacious. It's, it's like a sense of space that you don't really get in the UK where everybody's like, you know, yeah. in small places. And so that's that's really like oh it's kind of like, oh I can breathe now in this big place in this big space. Um, culturally, it is very different. I mean, there's there's things that are in co the, the New Zealand and, and uh, Scotland are in common in terms of culture. After all, you know, a lot of immigrants from Scotland and Ireland and England came here. Um, so so there are things that are culturally are quite similar, but there's a lot you know. <laughs> New Zealanders are very polite, you know, they're very, very polite people and you got to be careful not to be too outspoken, yeah. you know, and when I first came here, I was very outspoken and direct and I got into trouble and then I had to 
moment down and be like, right, okay, you know, uh, be careful, try not to be, you know, try to be a bit more diplomatic, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but also I've grown up and I don't care as much now. It's like, oh, you know, if you, if you misunderstand me, oh, fine, I don't care. When I was a kid, that was a problem. <laughs> And in terms of music scene, um, it's it's very indie. Like you know, there's an underground. It's, it's kind of clicky. Um, I think it's better than what it used to be. You know, like 25 years ago, uh, it was really clicky. And if you were coming from the outside, oh, you know, I didn't find it very welcoming. But I think now it's different. You know, the, the more people that have immigrated, they're getting more used to foreigners. You know, yeah. And it's a bit more friendly now. Yeah. yeah. Great. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're happy there, and you have um, all of this wealth to share. How about the gigging scene, Elisa? Is um is it is there places to play for you there? Like, is it is it a robust um, you know, place for having like lots of clubs and lots of you know theaters and so forth to play at? Well, it's not obviously as robust as again uh where i was before for sure yeah also the thing is with covid everything comes down and um i was playing at the fringe festival here and unfortunately it just happened at the same time as the borders opened and everybody got super scared because they didn't have covid for like you know a long time much and so i had to relive the whole thing again you know like i i had escaped from the uh, one year and a half of lockdown in the UK and I got here and everything was open and buzzing and then they locked everything here as well. I was like, oh my God, would I ever get out of this? Right. But luckily now it's open again. So now things are much more normal. It's beginning to pick up again. I think it will take some time though to really go back to what it was before. Yeah. So yeah, I would be say, I'd say maybe 70% of what um, the UK has to offer, well not UK, but Edinburgh has to offer. Like it's a small, smallish town. So what I've decided to do is to kind of focus more on composition at the moment and see where that goes. Uh, maybe writing. I'm kind of also like thinking. I'm writing uh, music for film, um, trying to get into sync. You know, because that's a way to reach um, the world. You know, and not just be confined to the place where you live. Yeah. Yeah, this um I think this is a good time to play Where Have All the Good Guys Gone? So you're forty single and looking for romance. It's late at night, you've had enough of all those bars with drunks. The leaves are falling on the ground, but you're not ready yet to be homebound. So you hit the clubs where you think it's easy to get laid. But after sex with one twenty-year-old, your only satisfaction's in the kitchen bowl, stuffing your face with cake. So you revert to Jim at work, who flirts with your best friend. Come Christmas, he look up with her, and that will be his end. And then you'll feel emotional and leave the party early. Log on to online dating, chat with a 30-something, only to discover he's got a gaming habit. He's only free one hour a week, and he thinks having kids is tragic. And the only other guys in message you are read a doll or creepy. They send you pics of you know what. That only make you weak. 
think of getting thin, but since you know that gyms are green, you opt for tango lessons, hoping Mr. Right will come. But all you find is a socially awkward dude for whom life isn't much fun. You ask him out, but he just stands and stares like he's afraid. And you'll see he's as pure as the day he was born. He never touched a girl after his mom could him red ended with the porn. All the new form couples are about to smile But inside you just cringe and really wanna shut fuck up This is a fair, I deserve love just like you You know how long I've been without a screw A long time And then the psycho guy whose wife divorced him last July He thinks he can have you easy so he gives you the eye But you still got some dignity, you'll never stoop so low You act to stay, salute him With a bow And you think to yourself Where have all the good guys gone? I'm so tired of just that was awesome i i played that you know so many times because it just is it's got so much going on and it's it's humorous it's funny it's entertaining it's got everything in it so how'd you come up with this one well this one was i was living in edinburgh at the time and i was like uh, my midlife crisis uh trying to you know i was like single forever i was like meeting terrible suitors or people that were just like players left right and center and i was feeling depressed i was like is this ever gonna end and then i thought oh my god hear yourself you know like who's ever gonna be interested in this morning person <laughs> so <laughs> so i thought okay well in um either spend all my time complaining and feeling sorry for myself or i can just take the piss you know just accept it that's how it is you know maybe maybe make it even worse you know like just imagine if i was if if the situation was like a hundred times worse what would that be like and then i thought oh uh, it would be like this and so i wrote a song about that kind of person that i imagine i could have become you know like even worse than what i was yeah. and um and it made you know the making fun of myself made me feel better Yeah, so how did you um how did you figure out the orchestrations for this? I mean, I sort of asked the same question before, but I find it fascinating because of the instrumentation and and just, you know, the time signature and you know, the different responses and you know, it's sort of cabaret and it's a little bit of everything. So, um how did you come up with 
all of the sounds and instrumentation um, along the way. Did you do it like piece by piece or did you just go in the studio with a bunch of people? How did this all come together? Because it's a great production. Um, so this one uh, started up as just me playing guitar, right? So just, I wrote, actually first I wrote the lyrics um, and, and then I wrote the music in terms of guitar chords and rhythm and then a song then you know thought of a melody to go on top of that and then when i had that uh, i thought mm, okay well what what's next you know um at that point i had a band uh, called the bat noir in edinburgh and i asked my drummer to come up with a part for the for it and he he came up with that and then but then my band dissolved and oh well, I, I fired everybody because I was really annoyed with them. <laughs> I just <laughs> decided that I was going to. Basically, what the reason is that I I was going to um I was going to record three albums. I did three albums, and it took me three years to do them to, all of them. But I got into the the studio, which really was my um well the recording for the drums was done in a friend's place who had um just a just an apartment but he had microphones for um for drums so we recorded drums there um and then the rest i recorded layer by layer on top at my house uh and sometimes like the violin is with a violinist that i used from new zealand she's amazing she she writes all the violin parts and all the viola parts and but she was in new zealand so i had to send the tracks to new zealand to be recorded here and then sent back and with the drums, there is a funny story, um, which at the time wasn't so funny. But uh, basically, what happened is that the day, uh, no, the week before, I had to record in this guy's house all the drums. Uh, my drummer was like, "Oh, I can't make it," you know, this and that. And other people in the band were like, "Oh, I had a violinist," you know, "Oh, I can't make it." So basically, like after having planned for this for months at the last minute they all were like oh i can't make it i can't make it and i got so pissed off i was like you know what screw you all you know i just was like i fired him and what i did is i asked um one of my friends who played the guitar i was like do you know any drummers at all anywhere in the world that would be able to learn the song in like a week and come here and record it and um i'll pay for the flight I'll pay for the accommodation. I can't really pay them for anything else, but at least they're gonna come and have a holiday, you know? And the guy's like, yeah, I know someone from Spain. He's really good. So I sent him the files and this guy was so good. He learned everything a week. He flew to Edinburgh. We, re we prepared, you know, we rehearsed all the time for hours on end. And then he recorded all the songs of the album all at once and wow. it was amazing too wow what a that was really creative thinking on your part you know i mean that's that's awesome and he probably had a ball because he got you know a free flight and who who loves music more than a musician to be around other musicians you know great job uh, hey i want to i want to get to um uh your book i want to congratulate you on dare to be seen uh, they just came out recently, right? Great job. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so good luck with that. And you're you're also a coach, correct? Yeah, I mean, the, 
the, the book uh, came out uh, a while ago, but now I've got another one, uh, companion to that one, coming out in like a month. So um, it's it's on the same kind of series. And what it's about, um, it's about helping other people, um, other artists that feel nervous when they perform. And even if they, they might know their music really well, that when they get on stage, they just get very nervous. You know, they don't do their best. I have had this problem a long time and uh, I was at my wit's end. And at one point, uh, I was really not enjoying playing anymore. Um, and at one point, I was almost giving up. Uh, I was really, really close to giving up. And so that's why I decided to focus on this problem and actually overcome it and help other people overcome it. So that's sort of my specialization, uh, if you like. And I use hypnosis and coaching to um, to reprogram ourselves, if you like, uh, you know, recondition ourselves and more positively, because a lot of this um, nervousness, although it is normal, when it's excessive, it comes from negative conditioning or excessive, uh, what I call negative mental rehearsal, which is basically when you rehearse in your mind all the terrible things that could go wrong, where you're going to get rejected and judged. Yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm really happy that you did this. So many people need this. And, uh, you know, stage fright is a real thing. And as you said, you had experience with it. So um, you said um, you some, something about your use your day job as a mindset to help cure this. Um, so, th so this seems to me as I was reading it that you got the idea of how to create a source for people to go to to cure this through your day job. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the idea is that it is all about, um, it's about mindset and it's about accessing the state of flow. And it's about also uh, reconditioning, like I said, negative conditioning, replacing negative conditioning with positive conditioning. Like we are, constantly being conditioned by everything that happens to us and the kind of thoughts we have about what happened to us. So we need to reframe what has happened to us. We need to think differently about what has happened to us and what may or may not happen. And, and what we're focusing on is super important because if you're focusing constantly on what can go wrong, what, you know, and if you are constantly telling yourself that um, you need to be perfect or then you need to sound good. All of these things are going to influence your performance and they're going to distract you from the actual only thing that matters, which is to be in the flow and in, in touch with the essence of the music while you're performing or the beauty of the music while you're performing. But the thing is that it's not enough to think about all this rationally because you may think, Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know this. But then once you're there, it all goes out the window. Yeah. So you need to actually learn how, it's a practice, you know, how to shift your focus while you're playing the instrument or singing so that you are letting go of this fear of making mistakes or being judged or even not being good enough and all of that stuff. And instead, you can relax and appreciate everything you're doing flowing through you and you're basically getting out of the way of yourself you know your ego gets out of the way of your subconscious which is 
where all of it flows from. You know, you're channeling the info. You know, you're channeling the song. You're channeling the. When I say channeling, I don't mean like you know from an external source. I mean from your higher self. Yeah, you also I understand have a podcast as well. You're a podcaster. Yeah, um, I did that. Uh, I mean, at the moment it's on it's on hiatus because right. I just got too many. Do especially moving. It was a massive and you know massive thing to do. Like it took so much of my energy and time. Um, so the podcast is uh, kind of similar to your podcast, uh, but in a sense, uh, but more focused on female singer songwriters. Um, and I did it pretty much because during COVID, I was like cut off from yeah. a lot of you know other musicians, and uh, it was my way of of connecting to people around the world. Um, but basically, I, I'm not sure that I'm going to keep going with it because it takes so much energy and time. And I think yeah. maybe my, my energy is more best spent on other things, you know. I was going to ask you, when do you sleep? Because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you know, you have a lot going on. I can, I can feel it. I, I can relate. It's really, really great. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is really just um, amazing to see you doing these things. I see a lot of uh, parallel paradigms uh, between the two of us. And I just love the fact that you've been to so many places and done so many different things. And so what are you working on right now? You said you're working on another book. Um, are you working on another record? I'm sure you are at least writing towards another another record. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, the book actually is... I've finished it's just going to launch on the 5th of july so that's fine but i am working on many things so one thing i'm working on is a fiction uh series and, and this is short stories um that's one thing that i'm not sure when that will come out uh, it's probably going to be quite slow um the other thing that you know and these stories were stories that i wrote during again lockdown um and the other uh, in terms of music i got three separate uh kind of projects it seems I always do three at a time. I don't know why. And so one, one of them is instrumental piano music. Uh, one of them is electron, the electronic project that I was mentioning before. And one of, the, one of them is more kind of uh, just songs, like folk, uh, folk indie rock songs, a comedy, like all, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so new songs that I've written in the last few years. Um, so more kind of, um, you know, guitar and drums, uh, sometimes piano and drums and voice and violin, you know, that kind of stuff. What is your go-to instrument? Because you're multi-instrumental. Um, is primarily, is it guitar, is it piano? Um, you know, what, what's your, what do you feel is, uh, your main instrument, or is it voice? Some people say well, voice you, is my main instrument. Well, definitely voice comes first. Uh, voice is uh, my first instrument, always will be. Yeah. But uh, in terms of other instruments, it used to be the guitar, and in the last two years, I switched on piano. I totally fell in love with piano. That's one good thing that came out of the lockdown. And I'm obsessed now with the piano, and it's just so beautiful. It's like I can just... With the piano, you don't, almost don't need anything else. It's just so perfect. It's got everything in it, you know? Yeah. And you can do very slow numbers and atmospheric, and you can do crazy numbers and, and you know, just for a while. So it's very, um, 
it can lend itself to different genres. So the piano is at the moment my thing. That's awesome. Um, as we're winding down, I want to ask you if there's anything that you would like to say to our audience um, around the world who, who follow this show. Um, if there's any anything you want to like say to anybody and also want to get your favorite um, platform, I have all your links, which of course will be in the show notes. Everything, Alyssa, you can find by just checking out the show notes when we release. Um, but is there a favorite place that you prefer people to come uh, to learn about you? I guess it would just be my website. Probably that's my favorite platform would be just my website because with the other platforms, you never know what's going to happen to them. Um, and you will find a lot uh, more on my flat, on my, on my um, website anyway. So yeah, com, And also because there you can get free songs if you join the mini list and, and you can, you know, you'll get a lot of free stuff, you know, so it's probably the best place to go. Um, well, I forgot the first question. What was the first question? Uh, if you want to say anything to our audience out there as we're parting, just uh, any kind of wish, prayer, advice for any of the up-and-comers, anything at all that you feel like saying. Yeah, for me, I guess my mantra is um, focus on what you want, what not on what you don't. You know, if you focus on what you don't want, you're going to get it. If you focus on what you want, you're going to get it. So you might as well focus on what you want rather than what you don't. Amen. Amen. Sage advice. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. I really thank you for reaching out and coming on the Dharmic Evolution um, all the way from New Zealand and from Scotland and from wherever you end up, <laughs> from Italy. And uh, I just want to wish all God's blessings on you, your music, your career uh, moving forward. Thank you so much. It's been really, really awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please check out the show notes for everything Alyssa Volpez. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on, baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on, we can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom, it's tingling on my tongue You and I out on the road will stay Ride on, 
spaces that you never dreamed. I'll take you places that were pictures in your mind. I'll take you places beyond the reach of time. So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery.